2: pitch watched track one God back to back days for Bader he loves hitting those lefties one-two pitch bar enough to Young. O'Neill thinking two. Racing for second. Save at second base. How about this offense, huh? Offense has been coming alive for the St. Louis Cardinals. A lot of extra base hits. We're seeing the home runs. We're seeing three run homers in now five straight games. The Danny Mac show with BK. Tanner is with us. Cardinals take game one of the series over the Mets last night by the final of 6-5. to five. All the offense was in the first three innings. After that, no offense, pretty good pitching, and another win. The Cardinals are playing very good baseball.
0: Yeah, they're playing clean baseball right now, too. And that's one thing that stood out to me. Dan, I thought we were going to get the magnificent Nolan Arnato play last night, too that play that he made with the bear oh, hand, hand one yeah that's what he's been it's going close. for there's been a couple of whether you want to call them errors or what would have been a really tough play that's the play that he's been trying to get all year uh, neither here nor there their offense looked great last night the slugging percentage is up harrison bader has helped offensively and defensively since his return and tyler o'neill's been a heck of a lot of fun to watch this is what they had in mind when they put this team together it uh this guy was going nuts when bader homered again yesterday oh well, no surprise. I mean, it's just a, another it's a home run off of a I left-handed could, pitcher. I could hear the Bader fan club coming from wherever he well, was at. Well, you were there guiding
2: the woo in the loo.
0: That's You're right. right. Presidente. BK was loving that, too. Let me tell you. That was at a historic level of wooing last was night. Was it loud last night? It was loud on the broadcast. See,
2: I have to ask because, again, BK and Tanner, I have the headphones on. I'm not sure how much it's going through. Oh. Uh, your television but uh, again el presidente over there woo in the loo fan club got him going again
0: bk's going to the game on wednesday so all oh, our woo in the Lou fans be there. he really wants to hear it on wednesday i don't want to hear it if you are at the game on wednesday night i want to hear it i will throw i will pull a jim edmonds i will throw you out of the ballpark if i start hearing those woos next to me did uh did you talk about it yesterday with katie woo Uh, So we did off of the air. not a fan. Okay. (laughs) Not a fan. I loved her tweet
2: when she said, this is my worst
0: nightmare. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) That's a pretty good tweet. uh, We'll we'll just leave it at that. Not a big fan of the woos. Not a big fan. Not a big fan at all. Big fan of the Cardinals winning, though.
2: Adam Wainwright, uh, five and two thirds. Seven hits, three walks, five strikeouts, five to
0: earn. Waino on his performance. Early on, I had good stuff working and just got into some bad counts and, you know, put myself in really bad spots and. Yeah, you know, the ball's up in the air too much. The the balls the fly balls are going out of the park right now. I'm giving up a lot of fly balls and when I'm on the ground I go nine. When I don't when I'm not on the ground I you know, I go five and two thirds. There's no there's no secret to this pitching stuff. You gotta get in good counts. You can't hit people with batter, bases loaded, you know, and it's just uh it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't my best performance. But the team was awesome and they played great defense and they played uh, great offense and they won that game for us.
2: And dealing with a lot over the weekend as he revealed afterwards the COVID situation, BK. uh, That's why he was on the IL. He had been... Uh, around folks with COVID and it wound up being family. So uh, obviously he wasn't sharp early because when he hits a guy with the bases loaded eighth place hitter, you know, something's not quite right there. And then the O2 pitch to Pilar that was up, that wound up being a home run. You go, okay, not quite vintage Wayno, but still, Hey, he gives you five and two thirds where a lot of guys melt down. That's the difference with Adam Wainwright, as opposed to other pitchers that the Cardinals have the young pitchers, You know, like a Daniel Ponce de Leon. There are times when he would melt down. Now, there's sometimes he gets through it, but Waino finds a way. Now, he's going to have probably at some point this year a blow up where he gives you two or three innings. You go, you know what? He just doesn't have it. But it, it, they are few and far between with this guy, man. He
0: figures out a way. Yeah, he does. And I thought what was most impressive to me, Dan, was not even on the Wayno side of things, but on the team side of things. I mean, this year, last year, the Cardinals won three games when their opponent scored at least five runs. They were three and 15 in those games. They've already won four games in such situations this year. They're four and eight when their opponent scores at least five runs. It tells you a lot about the offense. Like, yes, you can get a... Middling, I guess I would say performance out of Adam Wainwright. And you can still find a way to win. They were not doing that a year ago. The offense just wasn't there for them. And we saw that a lot in 2019 as well, where if they gave up four runs or fewer. you felt pretty good about their chances. Anything above five, though, you weren't feeling good about it. The power that they've shown so far this year is changing that. You've got a chance even when the opponent scores five.
2: And the isolated look at Waino's season. He had had a total of four runs, four runs of support. So he finally got support yesterday. A total of four runs going into the game. So the Cardinals have hit a three-run homer in five straight games, 11-game stretch. They have 36 extra base hits. We were talking about it the other day. So if the Cardinals hit home runs, a lot of times they win their games because about this was probably 10 days ago or so. Roughly, it was something like 48% of their runs were scored via the home run. They were 26th in doubles now with tyler o'neill back he's hitting doubles carlson hits you a double you got tommy Edmond leadoff triple that's his second leadoff triple of the season when you get that and you get production out of harrison bader it's just a different looking lineup and it's not to say these guys aren't going to have ruts they are but right now when it clicks it clicks well and the bullpen did a good job alex reyes makes it interesting late but it doesn't matter he got through it got the job done want to see the walks go down everybody yeah. does it, you're on the edge of your seat. But end of the day, what are the results? Got through it. Got the save. Got the win for the Cardinals. So, again, he's, he's playing with fire, and he's going to get burnt at one point. Cardinals going to get burnt. But all told, you like the direction of where this team is going.
0: Oh, for sure. And if you had told me two weeks ago that this would be where they are, I would have been like, yeah, that sounds about right. That is what we, like, just throw everything aside if you were you were put into a crowd chamber a month ago and now you woke up and it's May 3rd and the Cardinals are 17 and 12 after the first month of the season like yeah that sounds about right to me and if you would have told me how they went about it where it's like hey the rotation is an abysmal start first two weeks of the season the offense is kind of fits and starts for the first half of the month and then they kind of get things going like The fact that they're 17-12 and right now actually makes me feel pretty good about where the Cardinals are at, all things considered.
2: I'm fired up. We get the chance to visit, hopefully coming up with Willie McGee. He is uh, part of the coaching staff of the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Cardinals Hall of Famer is coming up on 101.
1: This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.
2: Willie McGee, McGee, one of our all-time favorites and the Cardinals Hall of Famer is with us. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is Brandon Kiley. And this is the Danny Mac show on 101 ESPN. Cardinals baseball is coming up. Those are two famous plays in Cardinals history. That was when Willie hit for the cycle, but yet it was the Ryan Sandberg game at Wrigley Field. And they had given, by the way, Willie, the NBC player of the game that day. And then Ryan Sandberg hits two bombs off of, uh, Bruce Suter. And then of course, Willie hitting a couple of home runs and taking one away in the 1982 world series. Hey, Willie, I got to tell you, it's awesome to see you back in that Cardinal red and down in the dugout. And uh, great to hear your voice. I wish I could shake your hand and be down there with you, but how are you doing?
3: Man, I'm doing great, man. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be back and, uh, you know, be back with the team, man, and uh, and and back to work.
2: What's it like back for you? And, and how much did you miss it last year?
3: Oh, man, I tell you, man, this is what you know. This is uh, this is what I've done most of my life, man, and and I've always loved baseball, man. I've always loved teaching, and I've always loved learning the game. And uh, this year has been especially uh, especially uh, uh, a great uh, time for me.
0: What's it like working with these young outfielders every day? I've got to imagine for somebody like you, as you said, who loves teaching, this has to be a heck of a lot of fun with working with these guys.
3: Oh, definitely so. You know, they're talented. Everybody up here is talented. You know, but these guys, this group here has been one of the best, you know, most talented groups I've seen in in, in in years. You know, with all the outfielders we've had in the last four or five years here, all of them have been great, good athletes, man. So it's just been fun. You know, watching them uh, work and watching them put in the work and watching their work come to, uh, you know, come together. And they're they're doing it, man. These guys are out there every day. You know, you you tell them, uh, you know, things that you've done to help you get better. That Whitey told me to do, or this or that, and and they pick it up along with their own with their own uh, ideas. And, and but they go at it, man.
2: Hey, Willie, how how tough was it last year? Uh, first of all, just listening to me on the television. I'm sure that was <laughs> gut-wrenching for you. And then watching these games and, and trying to think, you know, I could be helping Dylan Carlson do this or Tyler O'Neill do this or Bader do this. How tough was that for you? And, and did it give you maybe looking on television a different perspective of things to try to watch and pick up and implement in spring training?
3: Well, definitely so. And, and all the while, you know, I had my iPad and I was still positioning the guys. You know, I was still able to do that job every day. And I I would talk to them. But, I mean, you got to give credit to Shilti, uh, Marmal, uh, Stubby Clap, and uh, Pop Warner, man. These guys, especially Pop. You know, Pop's has been up there you know, next to me, uh, you know, he's got a world of experience, man. He's been in this game a long time, and it goes unrecognized, but he's one of the best baseball, man, I know, man, knowledgeable, and he's, he's took me to another level this year as understanding, you know, uh, seeing the whole game, thinking ahead, you know, s- situations and stuff like that, man, it's been great, you know, and I've relaxed and, and let these guys help me along with Cheo in spring training, you know, talking to him a lot. You know, it took my coaching you know, to another level. But these guys, man, these guys, these young guys, you know, Dean, Williams, uh, Thompson, uh, all these guys, Bader, we know about these guys. We've had them for three years, and and they finally, you know, got to the point defensively, uh, you know, the guys that's out there now, they've gotten to the point defensively where we don't have to really do anything. You watch them, and they're moving. They're looking at the cards. They're doing what they're supposed to do. So the game is slowing down for them, as you can tell. You know, you can see it in their all-around games. Will
0: you mentioned you've learned some things from Pop this year? Can you share with us maybe some of those things that you've
3: learned? Well, just the game, you know. Pop managed for so long, man. That guy managed; he's been in the organization for years, man. You know, Stubby's been around the game a long time. Shield, all these guys, but Pop's, you know, he was he's a. Uh, Kissel disciple you know he's been probably what 25 30 I don't know a lot of years in the game managing and coaching and playing so I mean it comes easy to him and quick you know a situation you know he's I got like a manager right there next to me you know so I'm I'm learning learning man and I'm now I'm getting to the point where I see it happening and, I'm, and it's developing you know it's, de- he, it's just developing me man as far as you know seeing the game and, and and uh situations you know moving guys in you know moving guys back throwing the ball a second you know knowing this at the speed of the game as a player you it's just you in that situation you in the baseball right then ball hit to you where to throw it are uh, you hitting you know but now you have to see the whole game and uh as as a coach you have to see the whole game as an outfield instructor or infield instructor you know in situation know who's on deck uh you know, know when to back them up, know when to bring them in. You know, so uh, that that part of the game is slowing down for me. You know, now with the help of Pop and and these guys
2: the great Willie McGee is our guest the Cardinals Hall of Famer we saw a play with Nolan Aranato that was so reminiscent of your former teammate Terry Pendleton over the in foul territory back to the infield and uh over the head catch kind of but sliding towards the stands uh what have you seen from watching Nolan Aranato and you were around some great third basemen like Terry but what's it like watching Nolan every day
3: Oh man, I tell you, man, it's it's Aussie like, man. I mean, the play he made last night, where he's running to the line and barehand that ball, I mean, it still almost got the guy. You know, you don't you don't uh, you don't see that much. You don't see that stuff every day, so it's just fun watching. Him. He just he's a great great player, man. Great teammate, great player. You know, he's a ball player, man. I tell you, it's going to be a fun summer. You know, having him out there along with the other guys.
2: Hey, Willie, what's it mean for you to see Tommy, her, and John Tudor join you in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, two of your really good teammates? Obviously, uh, Tommy was on the 82 team and, and John Tudor on 85 and 87. So what, what's it mean to see those guys go into the Cardinals Hall of Fame for you?
3: Oh, man, it's it's wonderful. It's deserved. You know, these guys gave their heart and soul to this organization. You know, they put in the work and put in the time and had uh, tremendous success. You know, matter of fact, that, that one year Tudor had where – he started off like one in seven or one in six, and uh, then rolled off. It seemed like twenty games or eighteen, sixteen, seventeen games in a row where he was just un, untouchable. And uh, you know that type of consistency, man, you just don't see. You know, I haven't seen it since then. You know, a pitcher go out there and just every game, you know, and that's what this game is about—consistency on all levels. And that was uh, probably one of the most consistent uh, runs I've seen in the game as a as a player, pitcher, defensive player, or hitter, you know, what he did that year after he ran off all those wins. And then Tommy Her, you know, Tommy Her, not flashy, you know, just cool and calm and, you know, another coach out there along with Ozzie, but he did it differently, you know, and uh, what a player, man. I mean, you know, he quietly uh, got big hits for us, you know, just – Consistent, 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 defensively, offensively, and, you know, base running, just another coach out there on the field. So, uh, he, you know, I could play deep with them guys because of the fact that they go back on the ball so good as did like Colt Wong Col- and uh, and uh, Edmonds. You know, these guys go back like outfielders. And if you remember, Ozzy used to work on that every day. You know, Terry, we had those guys. So, you know, you get a big guy up in big old Bush Stadium, 415 to the center field, 385 in the gaps, and on that turf, that ball's getting out there quick. You can back up a little bit on certain guys and not worry about the ball dropping in.
0: We're talking to Willie McGee, 1982 World Series champion and Cardinals Hall of Famer here on 101 ESPN. Willie, I always love talking to guys like you that have been around this organization for so long. I mean, you've spent the vast majority of your adult life in or around the Cardinals organization. What is it that makes being a Cardinal so special to you? What does what this organization meant to you?
3: I'm just uh, I've always been a guy that's been uh, dedicated, you know, to to you know to uh to whatever it is i'm doing you know and wherever it is you know and i've been you know been here for a lot, long time and been treated well man you know I've, I've given all i have and that's what i've been taught and, and it's been given back to me in a number of ways you know and the personnel here and the system is great you know they consistently uh you know teaching consistently has an opportunity to win and uh just a good place to be and a lot of players i played with you know they've told me they've been a lot of different places as i have and they say this is like man it doesn't get any better i mean it doesn't get any better and if you heard Arnado, you know uh, i just was watching i guess espn and he was talking and uh you know he 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 loves it you know he loves it and man you know so That tells you a lot too, but it's just a good working environment, you know, perfect working environment, you know, Mo makes it, uh, you know, you know, he's, he's a boss, you know, and you, you know, you expect it to win. And we know this is the results, uh, you know, only business and, uh, you know, but, uh, you work, we work our butts off and, uh, you know, hopefully the results will show so we can keep our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you but know, that's, that's the truth though. You know what I'm saying? If you don't hit, you know, you don't hit, you know, you don't play, you know, that type of deal. So it's a business and we can't ever forget that, you know,
2: no doubt. Hey, Tom, uh, when I, I look at Tommy Edmund Willie and to see his transition to the outfield, um, does he surprise you even a little bit at, at how quickly he's picked this up? He told us he had never played a professional inning in the outfield until he got to the big leagues. That's amazing.
3: No, it, that kid is seamless. You know, he's, he 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 is such low maintenance man. When he's out there, I don't even have to worry about him, man. He I uh, look out there. You know, he's on. You know wherever we ask him to play on that card or whatever the the research we do you know it's based on probability you know based on percentage where the ball might be hit and he goes you know he's there I don't ever have to look out there and whistle to get his attention or anything then when he goes in the second you know he plays great uh you know gold glove caliber caliber ball and then when he goes in the outfield you know same way man this kid is just uh it's a pleasure, you know. He's a he's a pleasure to be around, you know. When I have him in the outfielder, out, as an outfielder, you know, being an outfield coach, you know, it's a pleasure, you know. So when you, I'm sure he's in the infield with Stubby, you know, he's he's just as low maintenance in there as he is, uh, you know, out there. You know, he plays like a, you know, like he's been around for five or six years. You know, he plays a game like that, man. It's mentally, physically, the skills are there, but mentally, man, this guy is a. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's above and beyond.
0: Willie, I've got one more question for you. I wanted to go back to those 80 teams with you for a second. We talked with Lee Smith a few weeks ago about his experience in St. Louis. And we talked about some of the card games that he got in on, on the, uh, on the planes before and after games, he talked about how Jose Okendo was the guy that you had to watch out for anytime that he jumped into those card games do you remember some of those memories on the planes with all the guys in the eighties? What, what was that time like for you and some of those memories that immediately come to mind?
3: Oh man, I tell you, man, most of the time I probably was, uh, had my headphones on, man, listening to some music or sleep, you know, being an outfielder and doing all that running, you know, I tell you, man, some of those days be, you know, you just, you get on that plane and you sleep. I wasn't a card player. I wasn't a drinker at the time. And, uh, so, you know, I tried to get, you know, get my rest, man. And, uh, you know, those guys love playing cards. Some of them, you have your, you have your groups, man. You know, you have your groups as they would call it clicks. You know, we, we didn't call it that. We just teammates, everybody respected each other, but you had your, your, your same group that played all the time, you know, and then you had groups sometimes, you know, me, Ozzy, and the guys would get back there and, you know, we just laugh and joke, you know, and, and 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 talk about or talk about the game or talk about the next day, you know that type of deal. Or talk about life. You know, I wasn't a part player, but we had fun. I mean, we'd be back there, like I said, hooping, hooping it up. You know, sometimes. Well. Oh, you know, if you win, you know. But but back then, you know, you win, you you know, you can have fun. But when we lost, man, you know, guys were you know they respected the game, or if the pitcher didn't have a good game, or certain hitters, you know and you got a couple hits and you back there laughing that was considered kind of disrespectful you know you know what i'm saying sure on that level back then so we kind of respected the you know we that's, that's how we you know that's how we got ready for the next game we didn't deserve the laugh i have Willie, really. but i mean that's just the, that was just the, uh, the mindset back then
2: well at least willie Ozzie never gave you any trouble you yeah. know that's the thing he always, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy is right. I ain't, I ain't gonna say that.
3: We had a fun. We had a fun. But I, I bought most of it on myself, though. <laughs> he he didn't have to bring it to me. I bring it mostly on myself. And I if I if I lit the fire, you know, and I did something, or said something. He just took it over, you know. He took he, it over.
2: You know, uh, this is my final question for you, Willie. And you've told me this before, and, and maybe our listening audience hasn't heard this. But when you were acquired from the Yankees. Who was it that really made sure and it was a coach and I'll let you tell the story but you were you were hitting it was sometimes unorthodox and and they this coach said
3: do oh, not man. do
2: not do anything to that guy Willie McGee you leave him alone who tell that
3: story if you can I'll tell you man I was in the, we were in uh, Where was that at uh, St. Petersburg you know at Al Lang Stadium and it's my first big league spring training and I'm gonna get my uh, about to get an opportunity to go into the batting cage, you know, for my first batting practice. And man, is going! I just want to get in there and hit. And I get right when I get ready to step in, a coach, you know, a good coach, he grabbed me and he said, "Hey, such a, you know, hey Willie, I I, I want to I taught such and such how to hit, and I want you to get in. I want you to chop down on the ball. I want you to chop down on it." So then I had my great uh, mentor, and one of the greatest coaches and teachers ever, Dave Ricketts come over there and and you know get between us and uh you know in a in a kind of a harsh voice. hey hey get away from that guy leave that guy alone you don't know him you don't know that guy get him get away and man I was able to relax man and go out there and and, and, and play by myself and do what I been doing for you know for 10 years you know the last 10 years you know and it, it's a big difference and and uh people don't understand <clears throat> you know uh, because in that situation, if if Ricketts hadn't have showed up, then I'm in that cage and I'm thinking about doing what this coach is asking me, but yet I want to do what I've been w- been working on all my life to get to this point. So you conflicted. If Dave Ricketts hadn't have come there, you know, I would have been mentally conflicted, so I wouldn't have been a hundred percent in on what uh, Willie was about, and that happens a lot. That happens a lot, and only guys with experience, you know, knows that feeling. You, but you can't play this game at these high levels, you know, uh, going in that cage, thinking about your arm, your your uh, your, your feet, your this and that, and, and expect to be a good hitter. It's just too tough at this level, you know. So that, no doubt. Uh, man, that was one of the biggest moments of my life, and God rest his soul, Dave Ricketts.
2: Absolutely. Hey Willie, you were saying it's a results-driven business, and you know you could get fired. I'll, I'll tell you this: if Mo fires you, he will be fired within twenty-four hours. Okay, the fan oh, no. base won't let that happen. I can guarantee you that.
3: <laughs> I would, I, I would, I, I, you know what? Uh, Mo's been great to me. Yeah, and uh, I, I would understand it, you know. And if I ain't, I, I've been raised like that. If I'm not doing my job, you know, and 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 we talk, and it comes down to that, I would, you know, I would walk out and 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 with my head high, you know, but I'm going to do what's best for the organization if I'm not the right person, if you understand what I'm saying. Oh, I do. Uh, yeah, that's that's how that works. I don't I don't want to be I don't want it to be an emotional uh deal. I want it to be like, you know, I want to do my job.
2: And you, you know do a mean? hell of a
3: job too. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And if I'm not doing it, man, I get somebody in here to do it. I you got know? you. as it's, it's simple as that?
2: Hey, Willie, thanks for doing this. This means a lot to me and, and our listeners. They love hearing from you, and uh, we'll see you at the ballpark tonight. It's always great to catch up. Definitely, man. Thank you. Miss you guys, too, man. Miss you, too. That's Willie McGee. He is uh, – what what you just heard is Willie McGee, and people say, is he really that nice? Is he really – like, when you see Willie as humble as he is, is that really Willie?
0: It's that times a million. That is Willie McGee. He is the absolute best, the best. You guys talked about this on the broadcast last night, right? Where you were talking about how, you know, Ozzie is kind of stepping up now as as the guy, right? And it's, it is really special in St. Louis that you have so many of these former players, so many of the, I guess, Cardinals alumni, if you will, that are just great dudes like you'll see them around town and they're willing to just chop it up with you for a little while like that's that's Willie that's Ozzy that's all these guys and it's it's special that that's the case here because it's not that way everywhere really interesting I was emceeing
2: Whitey Herzog's golf tournament I MC it you know pre-COVID just about every year. And uh and Willie was there and we get Whitey on stage and we interview him or he talks about he does a theme for every year. It might be the eighty five team, eighty seven team, could be closers, rookies of the year, whatever. Raises a ton of money for charity and, and in particular ball fields uh in St. Louis and trying to get kids playing baseball. So Willie was at the event and Whitey said something that had everybody just stopped in their tracks and it, it's an incredible compliment and statement. And I believe at the time Stan was still with us, and Red was still with us, and Bob and Lou, and he said, I truly believe the most popular player in the history of this organization. And he said, you can go back to Hornsby and all the other greats that we had, the Gas House Gang, all of them. He said, the most popular player we've ever had in this organization is Willie McGee. And that's from Whitey Herzog, who's one of the smartest baseball men that you'll ever find. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that. That's that's Willie McGee. And, you know, opening day, he gets a loudest ovation, even of the current players. And why do
0: you think that is? I mean, obviously, a part of it, a large part, is the personality that you just heard on the radio. But why do you think it is that he embraced this city so much? Why did they embrace him the way they did, do you think?
2: He's humble. He played in a great era of Cardinals. The 80s era of Cardinals baseball was magnificent. It was so much fun to watch, and there's a lot of reasons I give, but 82, 85, 87, um, and he's a, a linchpin of those teams. And he comes up as a young player in 82 and all of a sudden bursts onto the scene. He has a great World Series. He had the game that we heard, the clip in which he hits a couple of home runs in Milwaukee, takes one away. And he does so in just the the most humble of natures that you can possibly have as a professional athlete. And I think as at that time we were starting to see the explosion of contracts and money, and not the not to say it was the me 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 thing. I I don't because social media has done that with players now. You know what I mean? And, sure. and obviously the internet has done that. But you were getting more of the individual attention for guys. He wanted no part of that, and yet he was as good as anybody. I mean, we're talking about an MVP, batting championship, all those things. And anytime he was interviewed, he was just what you heard. He was just a down-to-earth guy with a background. In his dad was uh, a preacher. I mean, he just, he's just—he's a wonderful guy and a great teammate, and would be willing to sign the autographs and take pictures. And if you met him on the street, he would smile and and. I know I'm going on and on and on, but all those things and, and, and all of it is a hundred percent true. You know, sometimes you meet those guys and it's not true. It's true with him. And he doesn't want all the attention and truly doesn't want it and deflects it and is embarrassed by it. Cause I've asked him, I said, Why do you think you've had this love affair with the fans? He said, I don't know. I just could do my job, you know, give <laughs> give hundred and ten percent, you know. But that people just love the guy. Yeah. They gravitate towards him. And I think that's all part of it. I really do. It's a great era of Cardinal baseball and He's on that Mount Rushmore of the 1980s teams.
0: And that's probably the biggest part is just, I mean, when you are tied to something as special as those 80 teams, that that is a significant part of the legacy that sure. he leaves here in St. Louis. And that's, it's special. It's special when you've got guys that, I mean, you, you look back, he started his Cardinals career big leagues wise in 1982. Right. It's 2021, 40 years later almost, and he is still with the organization in an important capacity. That's really special. That's unique. I think if I could uh, sum it up in one word,
2: it's he's humble. It's just his humility, and that's why people love him. And it's still to this day, and he didn't have to be that way, made a lot of money was a great player, played on championship teams and played at other places and was a great player. But this has always been home. He came back for a second go around with the Cardinals under Tony LaRusso, mm-hmm. which people forget that he actually played for Tony and played for him out west too. But and Tony talked about him too. He said he's just unbelievable. And all his managers loved him. And the teammates, he just never heard a bad word about him. So that was fun. Great to visit with Willie McGee. We'll do, uh, have more Cardinal baseball coming up on 101 ESPN.
1: This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.
2: So Nolan Arnotto, uh, what did you think? I'm, I'm curious, and maybe the textures too. I wasn't sure he got a piece of that before he hit the home run. What no. did you think?
0: He can sell it all he wants to, and he tried really hard post-game to sell it again. He didn't touch that thing. You don't think so? <laughs> no. God bless him for selling it. And I, I didn't either. I even think he might actually believe that he touched it. Okay, which is great. God but then bless
2: there's, Then there's reality Yeah he didn't touch that You don't think so no. Okay because My monitors Are by, like a computer screen So they're not the big Blow up You know You may have a 70 inch At home And mm-hmm. you're watching And you can see those things yeah, Pretty Yeah on
0: screen My future father-in-law I was I had a great view of it nah, Yeah he didn't touch that How far away was he didn't look particularly close to me. Um, I If we would have seen a few more replays, maybe there would have been one that showed, eh, you know, he almost didn't seem all that close to me.
2: It's kind of funny. And we said, uh, what happens when a major leaguer gets that second chance? You miss a pop-up later in the game. The Cardinals missed a pop-up. Yep. What happened? Walk. Got dangerous in the ninth. But, um, well, let's see. The 618 says, I was sitting behind home plate about 20 rows up. Definitely heard the foul tip. No, you didn't. Well, sorry, you may have heard something else. I I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you're 20 rows up. TV's got a pretty good replay on it and you're behind the plate. Tough to tell from that viewpoint. Just saying. I'm pretty confident he didn't hit that. (laughs) Nolan Arenado
0: after the game. Thank God I'm a Cardinal, and uh, I've been loving it. And, uh, you know, obviously we're playing good baseball right now, which makes it even better. So uh, it's been a lot of fun.
2: Thank God I'm a Cardinal. Could it be any
0: better right now with the
2: way things have gone with him? No. I'm not sure you could draw it up any better.
0: I mean, we knew after the home opener, okay, yeah, this is going to be a pretty good marriage. And we knew before then, right? Like that was just the, the icing on the cake. But if there was ever any doubt, Ever For whatever reason, if there was like a a seed of doubt in your mind, like, oh, you know, he does have that opt out. What if he exercises it? Yeah, no, he's not going to. He's going to be here for the long haul. He very much enjoys it here. He's winning here, which is very important to him. And why wouldn't you? I mean, you've got Paul Goldschmidt batting in front of you. You got Dylan Carlson up there. You're seeing these young outfielders. You're watching the pitching, which he hasn't had basically in his entire major league career. More coming. This has to be i mean he said it right there he's gotta love it yeah it's
2: just been a perfect match for a guy that you know plays hard great defensive player oh i don't know sounds like scott Rowland. goes about his business the right way loves the city i just it's worked out even better than i thought i thought it would be a perfect marriage i really did i i didn't realize it'd be this good and it is it's this good uh he's had big moments at home the fans appreciate that. Wait till you get 40,000 in there. Oh, yeah. It'll be crazy when they see one of those plays that you talked about with a bare hand or the one that he had, but you know, in foul territory or a three run Homer got a second curtain call. I mean, I, I honestly, I've thought about, you know, Matt Carpenter has how many hits this year? Three, four hits, four Four hits. now two curtain calls, you know, and if you're Nolan Arnato, you're watching this, like, really, this is incredible oh, up to
0: five. Well, it's not shortchange him. He's it's so five it hits five on the year, with two
2: curtain calls. And you're like, wow, this is crazy
0: that this stuff happens in St. Louis. But it does. All right. Dan, can I ask you about a player real quick? Because every night that I watch Tommy Edmond, I'm like, good Lord, is this real? Are, are we really watching a guy that just... He kind of came out of nowhere. He immediately was good. But we've seen that before where it's you've got the Jeremy Hazel Baker experience. Aledmus Diaz had that couple month stretch where it's like, oh, baby, this guy is the answer at shortstop moving forward. This guy has made adjustments. So Tommy Edmund, I, I'm, I watched the beginning of Whit Merrifield in Kansas City. This is what it looked like. Like every night it was you keep asking, can he continue doing this? And I think the answer is yes. I think Tommy Edmonds just he's a 300 ish hitter. that has got a little pop. He's going to steal bases and he's going to be a borderline gold glove defender at second base. I can't believe they found this guy and that he is this good. But he continues to show us every night that he is
2: last night. Lead triple his second. The other one was on opening day at Bush Stadium. And the versatility that he's given, the value that he's given the club by putting him with injury in right field, as Willie just said, hasn't missed a beat. Looks like he's been around for five or six years. In my mind, BK, he's the MVP of this team so far.
0: I I go back and forth on this. I think you can make a case for Dylan Carlson, but the numbers are starting to get close, man. I, I think given the time that he gave them, the benefit of time, I think you can make a really strong case for Tommy Edmond. The edge I give him is moving infield to outfield. Absolutely. So not
2: center to right or right to left or center or whatever. So he stays in the outfield. But that's, I mean, come on. But that's, we're talking about two guys off to really good starts, two young players that will be here for cheap, a long time. Cost-controlled
0: yeah. for years to come. Absolutely.
2: It's been fun.
1: This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I I promise.
2: 1055 here in St. Louis, brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, a time check with BK. I'm Danny Mack, and we've got uh, Alex coming in for the next three hours. Blues, a big win at home last night. I love it during this time of the year when they put up on the video board at Bush Stadium. Blues score, they'll put it up in between innings. Everybody starts, you know, doing let's go blues and all that kind of stuff. So it's a fun time of year. I'm sure you got a lot of hockey talk coming up.
0: We do. Uh, I know that my guy, Alex Ferrario, is very excited about the Blues, who are... Right on the cusp. It could happen as early as Wednesday making the playoffs. And Dan, as recently as a couple weeks ago, definitely a month ago, I really was not sure that this was going to happen for him. I I didn't you think that they, they were weren't going I did not think that they were gonna be able to make the playoffs. And that was as much at the time I had confidence in Arizona. That was a misplaced, a misguided confidence that I had in them. Well, I'll give you this. I uh thought they were
2: making the playoffs until they fell behind two-nothing against the Avalanche at home. Sure. And I thought, that's it. They're laying down. This game's over. They're going to get beat the next game against the Avalanche that Monday or Tuesday, Mm -hmm. and and the season's over. And Ryan O'Reilly changed the season. Yep.
0: And that was it. So they're going to go to the playoffs. They definitely are. And we'll see what happens once they get in. But this season has to be considered a success if you're able to get there at this point, given what they've been through. So we'll talk about that throughout the day today. We're also going to get into the slugging for the Cardinals, which has shown up of late and credit where it's due. This Cardinals outfield looks really good so far. And they, they... they had confidence in it. They showed patience with these guys. And so far, it's very early, but they're getting. it's paying off. The patience that they're having is paying off. We'll also be joined by John Neese, former Mets starting pitcher, coming up at 1130.
2: That's BK. I'm Danny Mac Tanner, great job with Willie McGee. And we'll talk to everybody tomorrow on 101 ESPN.
1: You've been listening to the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.
3: Peloton, let's go.